Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marhefka, and I am excited to bring you the following conversations with some of the most interesting people I have ever met. When I set out to start recording the Fully Expressed Podcast, my intention was not to be the biggest, the most listened to, the most profitable podcast, but my intention was to be the most vulnerable podcast. And so as I interview our guests, my desire is to bring up stories and share experiences that they haven't shared before or they don't share regularly, to let us into their world even deeper so that we may learn and grow from their stories. And so far, we've certainly done that. Please check out all the episodes we've recorded on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other platforms. And if you love this show, please leave us a review, let me know, and also share this with a friend who you think might enjoy it. Lastly, if you want to support this show, please go over to trainingcampforthesoul.com. Training Camp for the Soul is my company where we do emotional healing, inner child work, and we teach people how to truly transform their lives. This show is completely funded by Training Camp for the Soul, so if you want to support me in the show, please go check out everything we have to offer over there. If you want to see the show notes and anything more about this podcast, go to chrismarhefka.com slash fully expressed. And then lastly, go over and follow me on the Instagram at chrismarhefka, where I share my own personal stories vulnerably, openly, and honestly. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm here with my brother, the magician, Nico. And this episode, I imagine, is going to be a little different than some of the ones we've recorded in the past. And before we pressed record, we just dropped into our hearts and gave the intention of this podcast to serve you listeners in whatever way we can. And Nico, one of the things that I love about you is how elegantly you walk between the worlds of the material and also the spirit and the divine. And every time I hang out with you, which we've been hanging out for a couple of days now, you always bring me back into remembrance of that. So thank you. For a little context for the listeners, how would you like to be introduced? Nico? I'm Nico. Nico. I thought so. <laughs> My name is Nico. Yeah. And for the context for the listeners, Nico and I met just over two years ago. June 2019. And at the time, both of us were very different beings and uh, <laughs> similar in a lot of ways. I, I imagine, right? Both on the gym, both just... Yeah, we're very different beings now. Yeah. Two years ago. Oh, yeah. That, yes. But a lot of resonance in our yeah. stories and who we were, how we came up, our yeah. attitudes about the world and life. Mm-hmm. And you want to tell the story about how we met? Sure. <laughs> I uh, showed up at TCS, Training Camp for the Soul, and had no clue what I was doing, going for, but something brought me there. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Chris was growing into the leader of that work, that company, mm-hmm. that experience, if you will. And he was supporting and he was in the kitchen. And I remember, I think it was the first day or so, second day, we start moving the emotions. We start getting into the body and doing some of the work. And right after I finish clearing one of my 
stories, one of my first really strong experiences going around giving everyone in the group that supported a hug. And I just look into Chris's eyes and never in my life had I been so compelled. I just say, I fucking know you. <laughs> I fucking know yeah. you. And like so I, known him, I had known him forever. Yeah. And from that moment, we'd been immensely close. Mm -hmm. uh, it deconstructed the idea of time. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and depth and intimacy and connection. Mm -hmm. and what can be had in a moment or mm -hmm. in a short period. We have ideas about how long it could be, but mm -hmm. we transcended that immediately. And mm -hmm. we're just like two little brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like two little kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. And from that moment forward, we spent time together and also significant time apart. And one of the things I love is that every time we get back together, it's not a moment has passed. We just jump right back into the same flow, the same rhythm. Six months will pass and mm -hmm. it feels as if it were a day mm -hmm. or a week. Like yeah. Nothing's in between. Mm -hmm. Nothing's been lost in the ether. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, I recorded with Mike a few weeks ago, Mike Bledsoe, who's another brother of ours. And I said confidently on that podcast that I think Mike has been with me through some of the most transformational moments, periods of my life. And I would echo the same for you as well. You were there for most of the big experiences. Yeah, it's important we honor Mike. Yeah, yeah. What he's done, his work. I mean, he's really opened the door for so many of us. And yeah, true brother, mm -hmm. a best friend. And mm -hmm. yeah, I can't say enough about Mike. Yeah. But very thankful for the man. If we could all look, Chris and I had a, an experience with a bunch of men. We brought them together for mm -hmm. a day or a couple of days. Mike was there and one of the common themes we realized was that Mike was a connector between all of these men. Yeah. He's like an origin point yeah. for we always a lot joke of people. He's our older brother. Yeah. <laughs> we give him a hard time. Because <laughs> we love him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's a few things that we could definitely go into, but I would love to start with what you're currently excited about right now. I am excited about life. <laughs> Very charged. I just returned from another retreat with men, mm -hmm. feeling very connected, full of love, full of joy, mm -hmm. full of hair. <laughs> and For the people that are just listening, you're looking at two very hairy men, you more so than me. Yeah, but two years ago, we didn't. We clean shaven, short hair. <laughs> and I'm excited about bringing a lot of this experience that I've been having over the last year and a half mm -hmm. to the world, mm -hmm. to supporting others in their process and their growth. and to step into the role mm -hmm. and yeah. to lead, mm -hmm. to take that masculine principle and emit and transmit this information mm -hmm. because it's transformed me. Mm -hmm. And as a teacher, as a student, I find them two sides of the same coin mm -hmm. that as a teacher, all I'm ever doing is transmitting my experience to you. And it, hopefully it resonates in you, mm -hmm. activates something and inspires you, mm -hmm. creates the spirit within. Yeah. And that's what curiosity turns into mm. the person's own desire to do it, mm. but it's the light that they see in the other. Mm -hmm. And so as I've radically transformed <laughs> since uh, the day I met Chris and we've become more aligned in our mm -hmm. beings and our hearts. Yeah. I'm ready to share this. Yeah. And one thing that's common that any person that's interacted with Nico will share is that from the moment you walk into the room, you bring a presence with you. And depending on where someone's at, that presence can be safe, warm. It can also be 
confrontational. But what's true is that you're such a clear mirror for so many people. And I think people are drawn to you for that reason. Because even when you are challenging in a way or you show up that people perceive as challenging, it's because there's something in them that's coming out as a result of interacting with you. It just feels like every time I watch you, you're yourself no matter who you're with. You're authentic, Nico. Yeah, once I really got in touch with that part of myself through the TCS work, the child brings you back into the heart and the heart brings you back into unity. Mm. This knowing inside. Nope. Before that, I didn't have faith. I didn't believe in spirit. I was raised religious and threw it back up, threw up the dogma. And now through my own experience and through this inner knowing of myself, of my reality, there's nothing you can do to change my mind. Mm. You can't give me all the science in the world that things don't exist or mm. I'm firm and rooted in who I am. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that sometimes maybe that butting up against each other, that confrontation is we always have to balance the masculine and feminine, mm-hmm. the yin and the yang. And if there's two masculine energies, we end up with competition. Mm-hmm. If there's two yin, both yin energies, we end up very emotional. Mm-hmm. Right. And so sometimes we can be jockeying for that position. Mm-hmm. And that's where this can come up. And I do see everything as the mirror. Yeah. Everything that bothers me about somebody is me. Mm-hmm. I had the experience as I was transitioning out of a business and a frustrating separation in the partnership that I was projecting on. I was like, this guy's a fucking asshole. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm driving in my car, like steaming, angry, like this guy's an asshole. And then I just go to myself, I'm an asshole. Yeah. And I sat, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when I'm centered in myself, I can see people for where they're at, and that mm-hmm. they're trying their best. And mm-hmm. this is their lesson. This is what they're working on. Mm-hmm. And that it's not me. And even in my partnership with my queen, Mm-hmm. We bump into each other. And as we navigate and communicate through it, we express gratitude. Like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing this up. Thank you for showing me this. Yeah. You know, if this weren't happening in our partnership, this would become a comfort buddy. Yeah. Not a growth partner in my life. Mm. What are some of the things that recently that you guys, that I guess you have learned in partnership? The first is gratitude. Mm. Just every day. Mm-hmm. Wake up grateful for you. I'm grateful for this life. I am Mm. grateful Mm. to honor that person. As I have dug more into Tantra, it's really worshiping the goddess, Mm. the power of the female, the feminine, Mm. and uh, just honoring, honoring, honoring and gratitude and seeing when things are coming up, where it's me, Mm -hmm. the stories I'm projecting onto her. Yeah. I was experiencing trance dance, if you will, mm-hmm. shamanic drumming mm-hmm. and rattling and dancing. And through that, gained clarity over another way I was projecting onto my partner, mm-hmm. some story. Yeah. And when we go into these things, I understand some of the stories I bring up about her father. And what I'll say is that if you're expecting me to play out what your dad did or do this, that this isn't the right partnership then, because I'm here to change the story. Mm-hmm. I'm here to show you all the data that this <laughs> is a false story right. and give you the power or empower you to shift the story. Mm-hmm. But we have the choice to either reloop and serve these roles for each other, mm-hmm. or we have that power to provide the data over and over again for them to focus their attention on the one that proves the new story. Mm-hmm. Because in all stories, all of our stories, we are actively focusing 
on certain data that make it true mm-hmm. and we're actively ignoring data. There is always conflicting data for both sides of the story. So it becomes the game of where are you focusing your attention? Mm. Yeah, that's so accurate. When you have someone in your life that can objectively bring the data points to you and it's almost like the way I feel like it with my partner is then I get to choose it had I not had that reflection back or had awareness on what was happening that story you just keep unconsciously repeating that pattern but it's like when the data is on the table I think when you're open enough you can look at all parts of yourself and say like does this serve me anymore or am I ready to let this go and the data is there and I'm gonna start listening to the data that supports a new story and yeah without that it's like we're just casting different people in the same roles over and over again in our lives until we start creating throughout this entire process of life I meet a lot of people doing the work quote Mm -hmm. unquote work Mm -hmm. work work for me subconsciously I'm a practicer Mm mm-hmm because mm-hmm. subconsciously, I want to practice. Yeah. I don't want to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honest about that. Yeah. You know, it has a subconscious like you need to. It's, it's hard. It's suffering. Yeah. It's, and um, it also, for me, it feels like a lot more forgiveness and grace in the idea of practice. I think about it like sports. I mean, when we play sports and you make a mistake on game day and there's a lot of pressure there. But in practice, it's designed for mistakes. Like if you're not making mistakes in practice, you're not growing. So it's where you try the new things and you stretch yourself. And you have days of real good practice. Mm-hmm. Practice rocked. Mm-hmm. You have days practice sucked. So there's practice. <laughs> yeah. And in the reality, when you're in the game, you know, you're a football player, you fumble. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens. You don't dwell on it. You just mm-hmm. go play. Yep. You get back and you go. And it's not, it's the relationship to that idea. Mm-hmm. And through this journey, experiencing a lot of people looking to be done with their work. Yeah. And, you know, to me, as I've opened to Tantra and, and yoga and some of this stuff, unless they're a saint, <laughs> I, I believe the work's done when you're done. Yeah. When you leave. Right. And you mm-hmm. go back to where you came from. Yeah. But this process of it's never done. So stop trying to get somewhere. Well, when you shift your relationship to it, I enjoy it. I love the fact that my life has those challenges and I'm not blind to this narrow blinder vision where I just think I'm all good and I'm just head down living this life. I like the fact that my gaze is softened and I'm looking at areas where I can grow and improve and and stretch edges. It's more fun. It makes life exciting for me because my relationship is no longer one where I'm attached to being right or wrong about anything. What practices are you into right now? I know you mentioned Tantra and you just got back from one hell of an experience. Yeah, it was an immersive experience for a month and I had Western concepts and ideas about what Tantra was mm-hmm. and sex and these things. And mm-hmm. it was really yoga. Mm-hmm. And what it really was is union. Yeah. And it's developing tools and skills. So to put it in a way, you mentioned accepting all parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. And we can see two paths. The Vedantic path, which is kind of meditate in a cave and mm-hmm. the monk. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Tantric, mm-hmm. which is the one that's living in the world. In the world, right, yeah. And so what we're doing in Tantra, one of the practices is learning how to utilize, control, direct your sexual energy. I imagine for us as young men, I know for myself and I imagine for most young men, Mm -hmm. we're driven by that. We are not the driver of it. We are driven. Mm -hmm. We are 
Oh, got to do this. Got to do this. I'm like, oh, there's a girl. Look at that. <laughs> the focus and attention just gets pulled, 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 so pulled. You are driven by this. Uh-huh. And it is this process of learning how powerful mm-hmm. this energy is. Mm-hmm. It creates life. And that there are techniques to use it to penetrate the world, if you will, mm-hmm. and to really understand the principles of masculine and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was meditation, mm-hmm. hatha practice, mm-hmm. which happens to be, I believe, the same system Jung found. Mm. Carl Jung, when he went to India, he found hatha. Yeah. And that's the yoga practice of tantra. Mm. And it is far more about focus and control of the mind than it is about poses or mm-hmm. moving. They would refer to a lot of yoga that's going on in America as exercise yeah, or gymnastics. For sure. You look at some of the great yogis like Yogananda and they didn't do yoga, mm. quote unquote. Yoga means union. Mm-hmm. And they had achieved the goal. The goal of the asana, of the pose, is to still the mind, mm. to completely focus. Mm. And they didn't need to do that. Right. They had achieved that with their mind. Mm-hmm. It transcended. Mm. And so as we look into shamanism, Mm -hmm. magic, all these Mm -hmm. things, you find the same concepts over and over again. And it is an internal process, a stillness without going into Shiva and Shakti, what the metaphor is, but it's masculine and feminine. It's Mm -hmm. the stillness and the chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And culture, especially in the West is extremely masculine. And to me, it's creating a lot of complications and confusion for men Mm. and in relationships in general. Mm -hmm. And our brother, Mike, I believe always said, feminism confused equality with masculinity. Yeah. Highly masculine movement for women to be more masculine in the world. The working world is masculine. So for them to achieve, for them to succeed, they must take in masculine energy. And if they're unable to shift back into a feminine, for the man to create harmony in the relationship ends up being forced Mm -hmm. into his feminine. Which is where I think a lot of people are stuck right now is they're out of tune with what their natural essence is and they're in their conditioned essence. And I think that gap is what creates a lot of suffering for people. It's like they're trying to be a version of themselves that they're not in simple terms. And a lot of talk around practices with masculine and feminine is like you said, it's forcing. It feels like forcing. It's like do these actions to force yourself into a feminine or to force yourself into a masculine. And if we can only get to a place to where we understand we all have a natural essence and the closer we are to living in that. I mean, I won't take your word, but that's yoga, right? That's being in your truest, authentic self. Yes. And yeah, with yoga, I would say unions like union mm-hmm. where there is no you mm-hmm. completely dissolved. Gotcha. But then there's being rooted in the world mm-hmm. and being aligned in your heart and in your actual self. And as far as the masculine and feminine energies, What's happening is the polarization is dissipating. Mm. There's little mm-hmm. difference and that kills relationships. That yeah. kill, we need polarity. Everything in this universe, in this reality that we live in, in duality is polarity, mm-hmm. yin, yang, day, night, so on. What are things that people can do to increase polarity? Well, for men, it's being with men mm-hmm. and women, it's being with women mm-hmm. and being supported mm-hmm. and experiencing love and untangling love and sex. Mm-hmm. That's one way. And to charge that polarity. Then there are practices, but just to give an example. So when the woman comes home from work, if she can't just slide back into her feminine and be supported, or sometimes the order of love gets mixed up and we're imbalanced in a lot of these ways. What do you mean by the order of love? Well, if we get into family constellations, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. 
what I say, I call it TCS outside the body. Yeah. It's very, very similar, but different. Mm-hmm. But through our grandparents, through our parents, through our family systems, through the quantum, we are carrying their traumas, their mm-hmm. experiences, and we are replaying their roles and taking positions that aren't actually ours. So when you talk about being out of alignment of who we really are, if dad was an alcoholic and mom leaned on the son for support, emotional support, even subconsciously, or energetically, that through life, that's playing out in that child's life. Now he's an adult, but in his relationship, he's playing out similar roles and experiences. And one example I want to use, imagine a lot of people would be curious, but for a woman to be fully in her feminine or for a man is just to completely receive. And I think that's one of the hardest things for people, I imagine. How many people go out to dinner with their friends and someone pulls out the card and says, I'm going to pay. Mm-hmm. How many people pull out their card to go inside? They're like, yeah. yes, they're going to pay. Yeah. But they pull out their card and they're like, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Play that little you game. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. can you actually sit mm. and say, thank you. Mm. Instead of pretend to want to reciprocate, to give back mm-hmm. this worthiness story mm-hmm. to worthy to receive. Mm. Why? Because your soul's here because yeah. you are you. Mm. And that's why you're worthy. Mm-hmm. Nothing is required to become worthy. Mm-hmm. If we go down the role of like a yoni massage, which is a therapeutic experience, it can be a very healing experience, a deeply connecting experience, and it doesn't need to be with a partner. Mm-hmm. Sisters can do it to each other. There's a lot of ways, but we look at sex, but sex is connection in much deeper and deeper ways. There's no outcome. And so let's say to give a yoni massage could be a three hour experience. And as the man or as the yang principle, you're solely going to give. Mm -hmm. And as the yin, the receiver, you're only going to receive and to spend an hour massaging the whole body Mm -hmm. before you even approach the entrance. For most of us, men and women, but women especially, we store lots of emotional experiences. I use the word experience instead of trauma Mm -hmm. because of subconscious connotation, but carrying a lot of this in there and disconnected from it. So it's a process of essentially reconnecting their yoni and their heart Mm. and allowing them to receive. And there's techniques and things you can do to learn. But I suggest if couples want to create deep, deep intimacy and for a woman to learn to simply receive, they'll even find after two hours, three hours of being opened and being released and orgasming and relaxing that when you're done, they'll grab your hand and try and massage you. Yeah. They'll grab at you. Yeah. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to put the blanket over you and you're going to just nap or take what you need and be in this. Mm-hmm. And this deep, deep practices, we have physical practices and energetic practices, but can you be simply the emissive? Can you be simply the receptive? And to me, being balanced is knowing how to go into both of those to create the balance when I'm relating. Mm -hmm. When I'm on my own, I need to create that within myself. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm with another person, I have to feel out the energy and decide where to be. Mm -hmm. If we're both trying to be the emissive and I'm talking, 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 you're just waiting to talk, talk, talk. Mm -hmm. This is that masculine energy back, like budding up against. This is the competition Mm -hmm. to learn to, you're sitting and listening right now. Mm -hmm. And as I finish speaking, I sit and I intently Mm -hmm. hear you. They sound so simple. They're so basic. And I imagine people that have children, like learning this with your children is one of the most powerful practices. Can you see, hear what your child's saying? Yeah. Not make sense of it. (laughs) Just hear. 
Olivia, that you brought that up, the retreat I was just leading last week, a lot came up around uh, kids and questions were more like, how do I deal with kids? And the answer that was coming through me and my partner, Anat, was like, are you listening to what they're saying? It's exactly what you're bringing up right here because there's likely a need that's not being met and just simply allowing them to be, or you to be the receiver in that moment to learn from them, to hear them. And I think that a lot of what we believe parenting is, is like forcing our way onto them so that they do what they want. But the same way any relationship is, it's it has to be this like reciprocal, like give and take cycle where, I mean, people that I admire as parents, they tell me like our kids are bigger teachers to us than we are to them. Like we're just teaching some basic shit and like how to live in the world and stay alive in your human body. And they're teaching us like deep work. And I think that's, like you said, available at every moment. And I think that's range. That's like our ability to dance with anyone in any situation. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, yeah. To find the center of yourself. Uh-huh. If I were to put you in a room with a blindfold, how are you going to find the center of the room? You're going to go explore the edges, the edges yeah. locate yourself in the center. Mm. And that's what we're doing. We mm. need to go explore our edges mm. on the receiving side, on the emitting side, <laughs> and understand where our walls are mm. so we can find our center. And then they constantly expand mm. or shift. And as far as parents and children, I think that's one of the grandest illusions that parents are in control. At 10 years old, at nine years old, I figured out like, fuck, <laughs> my dad wasn't around and uh, I was in control. Yeah. I was going to my friends if I yep. wanted to go to my yep. friends and, you know, thankfully my mom just loved me and it was <laughs> challenging for her. But at a point she, she just started treating me with maturity mm. and respect and she gave up control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was feminine. Mm-hmm. She was mom. And so she gave in mm-hmm. and she trusted me. Yeah. And for that reason. I didn't have to rebel. Mm-hmm. Like I actually was very conscious and I was hanging around with kids that were doing a lot of things that weren't great. And I removed myself from them slowly. And I always thought like well, my family, my mom, because I had received this maturity, this freedom. Mm-hmm. And all parents say late, later in their life, my, my kids taught me more than fucking everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we project our stories onto them because it's what we think happiness is. Or we think they need this job, this, this, this to be safe because that's happy. Mm-hmm. And then when I transformed and I left my old life and I had the cultural idea of success, mm-hmm. I had achieved a lot of that and I wasn't. Yeah. And I smoked weed every day for 10 years. And as I transitioned, the overeating cannabis use, this all dissipated. <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. It will happen. The, um, where I was really going with that is that after a year, my uncle called and he was concerned. I was with you in Austin. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, he's concerned he's doing drugs like this. Yeah. I sat with ayahuasca twice. Mm-hmm. Well, four nights and then another stint with two. Mm-hmm. That was all the medicine I needed. Mm-hmm. I told him, I was like, look, no one's asked. I'm happy to be openly talking about all this. Mm-hmm. I actually want to change the relationship in this with the world. With I see a lot of people depending on this stuff. Yes. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And it confused them. It was very hard because they're looking, they're like, doesn't fit their story yeah. of what you need to be safe, to be happy. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, 
They just want us to be happy. Mm-hmm. So then they're sitting there scratching their head. Right. Because it doesn't compute. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> ah. But I find myself doing the same thing. I look yes. at my mom. Yes. And there was a period right after our December men's retreat, I was worrying a lot about her health, mm-hmm. about her future. She's transitioning in her life from working all the time to having more time off, getting to know herself. I was worried about her habits, my definitions of health. And through the family constellation work, understanding that there's a gentleman, Mark Wolin, on Paul Check's podcast discussing this, if you're more curious. But the image we hold of our parents, even if we can't change the relationship and the reality, the idea we hold of them, how we feel about them when we close our eyes and picture them. And I started to view my mom as super fucking strong. Mm. Like I look, I go, man, if I ate that all day, and I slept like that. And I had that routine or I drank coffee with sugar in the afternoon. I would die. Yeah. It crushed me. And those are my beliefs mm-hmm. that I'm projecting onto her mm-hmm. the same way they do to us. Mm-hmm. So to shift my idea that, you know what? She is happy mm-hmm. the same way she wants me to be happy mm-hmm. and to accept her, to love her as she is. And, you know, I, I worry you, you know, got to go to the doctor. And she's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I get checked all the time. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And it's like, fuck what can you say to that uh-huh you know exactly because in some ways we have probably more closely related health beliefs than maybe you and your mom like you and i mm-hmm. and so if i told you that you would accept it you'd be like yeah no i'm i don't need to go to the doctor i'm fine <laughs> and you'd be like yeah of course like <laughs> me neither <laughs> but because hers are different and the answer the statement is the same it's like that can't be right that doesn't compute no. because you're not doing what i'm doing Right. So we're doing the same thing to yeah. them that they're yes, doing to us. And for sure. This is the example that everything's a mirror. Mm-hmm. Everything you're relating to. Mm-hmm. Your phone. Yeah. Black mirror. Mm-hmm. Your relationship to your phone. Your relationship mm-hmm. to Instagram. Mm-hmm. All these things. Yeah. Everything is this opportunity mm-hmm. to make a new choice and to gain clarity. We were talking a little earlier how before the podcast, how important it is to be clear on the dream of your life, your mm-hmm. vision, because how can you make new choices? If you're not clear on that. Why would you make a different choice? Yeah. What are your thoughts on how people get to that clarity? Like if you could whittle that down into. For me, as uh, when I ran the gym and I ran a company of cheese, yeah, yeah, cheese company, cheese guy, I'd just be doing cheese all day. Yeah, I love it because even when you say it, you have a different persona. You're like, I'm the cheese guy. <laughs> it's a different cheese. Nico than just two minutes ago. Still have an old email mozzarella. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> what was your question? Getting to clarity. How do people get to clarity? Like what's the process to get there? To be helped. Mm-hmm. I had done everything on my own. Mm-hmm. I had to do it on my own. It was the story. Mm-hmm. And once I proved I could do it on my own, then I was like, well, why? Yeah. It's so much better to be supported mm-hmm. through you, through Mike, through TCS through a mentor, whatever it is for you. Some people, it's a therapist. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot of this in your relationship, but I also believe in your romantic relationship, mm-hmm. but I believe it's important to have it outside. Yeah. So you can be doing this and they can be doing theirs mm-hmm. and then you come back together. Yeah. And you're whole yeah. yourselves. And yeah, that it's not all done there. So mm-hmm. finding a mentor, finding a coach, finding someone that resonates, resonates you, yeah. that calls to you mm-hmm. and they're your teacher, mm-hmm. like a Sherpa. Yeah. They take you from this point on the mountain to that. Yeah. But once you are up to speed with them, you've reached the end of that trail that they traversed. Mm-hmm. They're no longer your Sherpa. They're your equal. Right. They're now hiking into the wild with you. Right. 
And so it's the next Sherpa mm-hmm. and you find the one that's climbing or there's something in them you see, you want. That's mm-hmm. what curiosity mm-hmm. is. And having the courage to ask for that help, to reach mm-hmm. out to them, to invest in yourself. Yeah. A few months ago, and actually my current partner has been, it, this has been so enlightening for me because I was doing this like judgment process with the work that I bring into the world. Just like this subconscious view that like, oh, everyone has to do this TCS work. This is foundational like this. And while there may be like threads of truth in that, I was allowing it to like cast judgment on other ways that people were getting to the same thing. In going deeper with my partner, still relatively new. So we we come across like new conversations and we go deeper in things. And she didn't have this work that I went through. She had her own path. But the way we can navigate challenges and and conflicts and conversations and we can have like really deep conversations is so authentic, but we didn't have the same teachings to get to that place or the same path to get to the same teachings. And it's really opening my eyes and like I can see myself having so much acceptance of other people's modalities and journeys and acceptance of people going to like whatever they're called to do. And you know, what's actually showed up is when I started doing that, I've had more people reach out to me about the work that I do than I did previously. Cause I think there was like this subtle, almost like forcing people into the box that I have, even though there's a ton of amazing boxes out there that you can do your journey in, that you can do your growth in. Plenty of people, plenty of modalities, plenty of ideas. Well, as we sit on a mountain here now, you realize there's a lot of trails up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I found myself, TCS impacted me so deeply mm-hmm. that everyone should do TCS. Yeah, And it took lots of practice experiencing these other things that, wow, it's not the same language, mm-hmm. but it's, it's achieving a lot of the same things. Yeah, My partner, uh, she eventually did TCS mm-hmm. so we could have a very common language yes. and she was deeper into the tantric and yoga practices. And I experienced that. I went in. So, okay, what's this about? Mm-hmm. And we've learned to speak each other's languages mm-hmm. in a lot of this work. And, and then I see like Taoism and I see all these other philosophies and they're all trails up a the different mountain. trail mm-hmm. on the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And the compassion and acceptance for others. And if they're my Sherpa, yeah. Absolutely, I'll take you. Yeah. But other, you know, uh, fuck that guy. Yeah. I'm not working with that guy. <laughs> no, I don't want to hike with that guy. He sucks. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own. Mm-hmm. And then this acceptance that some people won't get very far up the mountain in this life. Mm-hmm. And that's just where they're at. Yeah. And that's perfect. That's what they came to learn. Mm-hmm. It's not a race and there's nowhere to be. Right. But to accept that other people chose different trails and that's the one they're going to walk in this life. And that might be the hardest thing for you if it's someone you care about someone you love, you're close to, and you really want to help them. Mm -hmm. It only works when people ask for help. Mm -hmm. If I'm in the rowboat and you're doing a cross lake swim and I'm going to be your lifeguard, I'm just trailing you a little. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, he's not a good swimmer. That's a bad stroke. (laughs) Oh, dude, he looks fucking tired. (laughs) And I'm just rowing behind you. And at some point I'm like, shit, this isn't going bad. And I grab you and I pull you out. Mm. Your reaction would be, 
What, what the, the fuck? fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> See? But <laughs> if you started to struggle and said, raise your hand, help, help. Yeah. And I pull you out. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. And so for us, the hardest thing, I imagine, especially for parents and children, at watching your parents age and go through their process, mm-hmm. to watch them and only watch. Mm-hmm. That's them trying to swim. Yeah. And it's like, you can't take that away from them. Yeah. Unless mm-hmm. they ask you for mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. For many of us, it starts as physical. Mm-hmm working out yeah really good personal development i can change my body and once i change my body then i'm like oh well i still want more yeah and so finding this path this way of uh of expanding Mm -hmm. yeah that shift and i'm still like very much in it like i see these like little subtle things in my life where that like little bit of judgment creeps up that like i know what's better for like this person than they do well, and you may, but they may, you may know a better way mm-hmm. or a more effective way. Mm-hmm. Something that we're like, no, yeah, you can push that wheelbarrow that way, Yeah, but you could use a truck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you see it, but rewind five years for each of us. Right. Would we have listened? No way. Fuck. There was probably so many people that were like, look, <laughs> just like circling around us that were like, yeah, I see what he's doing we couldn't even open enough to like see that support was there. I think about that all the time is people were probably in my life that could have gotten me to where I am like much sooner, but I wasn't ready for it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't open to it. I was just doing life the way that I needed to do it at the time. And when it comes to what we focus on, I find myself with this game Mm -hmm. and everything game, Mm -hmm. a gamer. Mm -hmm. I would, draw a little hole in the wall and throw a ball at it. Like we make a game out of anything. So of acknowledging yourself, of celebrating yourself, of realizing, look where you are. Most people are like, I needed to do it sooner. I can't believe it. And they're hard. They're hard on themselves that they Mm -hmm. hadn't, they're in the middle of doing it. They're doing it. They're doing the thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And getting judged, like judging themselves about. In one of our ceremonies, we had 20 powerful men. They're like, yeah, we got to do it. We're, we got to do this. We got to do this. We're going to go do this in business and bring this to the, and I'm like, guys, look, doing it. Right like now. this is what we're bringing to the world. This is, we all say, oh, this men's work, this bringing men to their hearts, bringing men to connection and love to be strong, honest, and integral mm-hmm. men into the world. We're doing it. We're doing it. And so to celebrate, you've have this much awareness around yourself. You've grown this much and look where you at. Look where you're at. How many 60-year-olds would look at you and be like, wow, mm-hmm. like had I done that when I was your age or mm-hmm. this? Like, can we celebrate this along mm-hmm. the way and focus on the data yeah. that says we are doing it? Mm-hmm. We are achieving it. We're here. We're now. It's like going back to like what you talked about. I don't know if we were talking about this after we pressed record or before, but like that single pointed focus on what your attention on. If you're constantly like looking outside and measuring against other people and judging their path relative to yours, that's a lot less energy for you to just do your path, like do your thing, walk your path up the mountain. I find much, much less now getting less every day, but just not giving a shit about much at all, except for what is directly impacting me in my life and my circle of very close friends and my relationships and just sharing my gifts with the world and doing what I want to do. And, and, when I do that, I'm always much more fulfilled with life, much more satisfied. Like even in this moment, in this trip right here, 
you spent the last couple of days just like lounging around and connecting and talking, playing guitar. Playing, guitar. <laughs> playing a lot of guitar. A lot of guitar. <laughs> what is it about that game that's so good? Good board game. Yeah. A nice board game with friends. It's yeah. Like, it's an experience. Yeah. It's a missed experience. It's mm-hmm. gone. These. It's an intimate experience. Yeah. You know, and then you get some people that like the game, that like to get into mm-hmm. it and have fun. And like Correct. these other parts of yourself come mm-hmm. out. Like <laughs> you, and, you and I both. <laughs> this intensity. Yeah. Yeah. She's your queen, your partner, and I won't trade with you. No, no, no. no you're, you're not, have, you're not you have nine victory right points. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to block your shit. Yeah. It's a game. It's a game. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed myself. I was laughing about it after we finished. I was so pouty last night. I was just. Oh, the dice and the the moves and the blah, blah, blah. And I was just pouting all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. laugh about and it. And it's fun when, yeah, the game's over and you can just shake it out. Yeah, exactly. And That's you, exactly what happened. We laughed it, it off. But going back to what you said about not caring about others, and I think that's a practice of just being really clear on yourself the more mm-hmm. you've gotten to know and accept yourself. And so you're really clear on where you stand and you're firm on where you stand. So when others are trying to influence put their ideas and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it doesn't influence you or affect you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also think that's a very yang when you're far more feminine, you're receptive, you're mm-hmm. suggestive, you get mm-hmm. influenced by other things more. Mm-hmm. And as you've cultivated a very strong and pure masculine energy, yang energy, it, that's the firmness. That's the right. stillness. That's the centeredness. The unwavering. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. And that's a practice. It's mm-hmm. cultivated. It's not you wake up and that's how you are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can be extremely, ma- especially men, extremely masculine or extremely yang, but it's very impure. Mm-hmm. A lot of the shadow. Yeah, that's conditioned. It's passed on. That's oftentimes the world that many people live in. And that's the story that they took on. We have the shadow on purpose. You know, this idea that like, I want to be, well, first I actually stopped. I found myself no longer using the word healed, heal. Mm. Because subconsciously it's like something's negative. Something's broken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm whole. Yeah. So like really transitioning to just experience. Mm. That's all it is. Yeah. Because even the judgment that you're healing from something means there was an event that caused an injury, a wound, a trauma that is negative. So that's to be fixed. But for a lot of people, healing is what they need. Yeah. That's where they're at. That's where they're at. Yeah, yeah. It's a book about archetypes and there's like 40 archetypes and you read them all and you pick uh, eight that you resonate with, your top eight. Mm -hmm. And then there's also four others that every human shares. And it's the prostitute, the victim, the inner child, and the saboteur, Mm -hmm. sabotager. Mm Mm-hmm. We all have these parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. and the shadow is a necessary part. If we, if we were just perfect in the Christian or Catholic, that would be heaven. Yeah, it's just love, it's peace, it's pure rest. Mm-hmm. There's no up, down, left, right. There's mm-hmm. no emotions. There's no contrast. There's no duality mm-hmm. to learn from. Mm-hmm. So to view all of it as a gift and gratitude for it, mm-hmm. because it's the opportunity to learn. The concept: uh, everyone wants to be in the light, mm-hmm. and because when you're in pitch black, when you're in the darkness, you're blind. They've never considered that when they're in the pure light, they're blind. Also blind, yeah. It's the in-between. It's yeah. the contrast that gives us everything mm. in this experience right now. Yeah. And so to first see the shadow, mm-hmm. accept that you have one, mm-hmm. and accept that you always will have a shadow. Mm-hmm. 
And it's about how you relate to your shadow and how quickly you can communicate and navigate when it's playing out. Mm. That's the game. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the greatest shifts for me. It was like the first year of my journey. It was so rocky and so rough learning and practicing just saying, thank you. Like, thank you for this thing that showed up. I don't know what the lesson is. I don't know what the other side is going to look like, but thank you because I know that this is for my highest and greatest and my growth. And especially during the like really hard ones. I mean, you witnessed me during some of my biggest growth over that year, being able to have gratitude for what at the time felt like the most challenging moments of my life, like the darkest and just saying thank you. And the gift always showed up. It's the contrast. So you and I both went through a lot of over that two year change. <laughs> we look at ourselves now and I imagine in the outside world, they're like, wow, like happy, joy, change. Mm-hmm. And yes, but the bump, the road was so mm-hmm. bumpy yeah. over these last two years, mm-hmm. highs, lows. But really for me, the experience was the contrast. It was allowing myself to go into that darkness to go into a, a darker dark so I could experience a lighter light, a deeper grief or a higher joy. Yeah. It's the same as finding the centeredness between the walls when you're blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Before doing a lot of this practice, I kept everything really tight. Everything was just like in the middle of the grief, road. Grief yeah. and sadness were very minimal. Didn't mm-hmm. allow it, right? What that also didn't allow was happiness, mm-hmm. ecstasy. Mm-hmm. I had experienced, I think, like after doing... The the work with TCS, the practice with TCS. And I was sober after that. I didn't want to touch marijuana. Mm -hmm. I wasn't attracted to anything. I was so elevated on life, Mm. on itself. Truly my first in the heart, right? In this tantric tradition, when they teach the chakras, you have the bottom three, which are at the perineum, the genitals, and the belly button, the dantian. It's not in the solar plexus, not in this view, this tradition. So then there's the heart and it's why it's a leap Mm -hmm. of faith to the heart. It's a jump. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask this earlier and this feels like a tangent, but it was on my mind. What's the biggest challenge? Cause we were talking about the feminine, the masculine, what's like the underlying challenge that you see like most people in with either being more authentically in their feminine or more authentically in their masculine and not completely gender neutral, just like being in those energies, what, what's the challenge? We live in such a masculine world that most, I imagine, my perception is that they don't know how to receive. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to let someone pay for it mm-hmm. and like let them pay for it without subconsciously or in some way feeling a guilt or mm-hmm. a need to give back. They don't know how to just be held. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we are working with the men, when we bring men together, yeah. what are we doing? Because we're all, as the man, you're always trying to hold. Right. The masculine is always trying to hold. Right, the masculine, yeah. mm-hmm. I shouldn't say man because sometimes yeah. women are playing the masculine role they in a relationship yeah. and it works. Yeah, for sure. Men that are very feminine, and but to be held. So we create this container because the man's masculine is always being held or mm-hmm. doing the holding. And if you can never come out of that, you never held. Mm-hmm. You've never gone to the other wall. Mm-hmm. And so creating a container like that mm-hmm. where the container itself is the yeah all Mm -hmm. the guys are taking turns all the people in it are taking turns holding it Mm -hmm. and then when someone else is going deep in something or opening up and releasing they're being held completely Mm -hmm. and they've maybe never experienced that in their business Mm -hmm. in their relationship 
in these places. And I don't see many places where you can experience that just naturally. Yeah. The world isn't, especially the Western world, isn't cultivated that way. Mm-hmm. I do believe Europe has a little more balance mm-hmm. a lot, and maybe South, South America. South America too, yeah. Yeah, a lot more mm-hmm. polarity and, mm-hmm. you know, but again, very impure. Right. A lot of like men are very masculine in South America. Women are very feminine, mm-hmm. but the men are very machismo. Right. Which mm-hmm. is an impure, like ego driven, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's what I see. Mm. It's very difficult to find in your own ways without getting support, without getting people that have been practicing this stuff and are their Sherpas mm-hmm. showing you because what we're discussing is we're discussing a concept, mm-hmm. right? But it's really an experience. Mm-hmm. This last one I was just at. Yeah. One guy came personal trainer, very physically rooted guys, like mm-hmm. in the physical world working out. And, you know, after the third day, he's like, you, get, you opened my heart. <laughs> and I go, yeah, but would you have come if we told you that? And he said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And so it's asking for help. It's being supported mm-hmm. and seeing the people that are creating those spaces for it mm-hmm. and to practice cultivating this to mm-hmm. to be in that. Mm-hmm. And it's an experience. So, it's like telling someone about mushrooms yeah. for a year and they got a good idea, but it's nothing till they've, or no. drinking alcohol, like whatever right. it is until you've actually had the experience and to shift that you should live right now. You should be now because mm-hmm. this is all, you know, we take it for granted that we're mm-hmm. going to be here tomorrow or yeah. any moment and to experience. That's what this is. The human experience mm-hmm. to be here. And this is an experiential life. And I believe we're moving into an experiential age. Mm. We're moving out of a very cognitive, logical age. Mm -hmm. And we're moving into an experiential age, which is in the body, in Mm -hmm. the heart. Yeah. And the amount of information that's there. I mean, you look at Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, the things they're doing, heart math. Yeah, the esoteric is, is coming more and more to the forefront. It's like bubbling up from the surface. And earlier, like circling back, you had mentioned Carl Jung and we were talking about it this morning over coffee. Like a lot of people know him of like the surface things that he was bringing out into the world. And we were talking about like, yeah, and like where are these things coming from? And he's just doing a lot of deeper dive. And I'm not speaking from like my personal knowledge of what he did, but it's like you and I is like the things that we do personally that are more esoteric allow us to have these like concise teachings that people see us as, but that's just like the delivery that they can understand and receive. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's one of the things that I I struggle with sometimes when I'm working with people is, is almost like the whittling down. Like I want to give people everything. I want to get people into the weird and the things that have been amazing for me. And also understanding that people are going to, again, opt into the place in which where they're at. And so for some people, that just means when they open up their eyes every morning and they do one minute of breathing and gratitude, like that's fucking awesome. And that's going to set them up for success. They don't have to do a one hour morning Qigong or yogic practice. They're just going to do that. And then they're going to go to the next step. They're going to keep going and whatever twists and turns in their journey, they're going to get to whatever is useful for them. And I don't know where I was going with that. Esoteric a bit and you know, for me, it's shaping more into a simple, to distill it even more. Like people don't need medicine as much. They don't yeah. need a lot of this. What I see happening is, I think it was in the book Homo Deus, but you're either the Homo sapien that's going to merge completely into technology mm. or the Homo sanctus, the sacred human. Mm. And it's this bringing back reverence for life, 
for now for this experience. It's actually what religion, I believe, taught way back when, mm-hmm. before it was manipulated, dogmatic, so on. Yeah. It's taking a moment to say a prayer before mm-hmm. your food, to give this gratitude, to bring ritual mm-hmm. to life through family constellation work. If someone's lost a baby or a child, you know, we mm-hmm. say in family constellation that the child made the sacrifice mm-hmm. and the parent took all of the trauma, like all of it, the negative, ba- the babies, the angel now, mm-hmm. their guardian angel, it's there all the mm-hmm. time. And for them to have a practice of lighting a candle every day on their altar, mm-hmm. being with them, remembering the angel, feeling the angel any little thing you can create a ritual around. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about morning ritual, yeah. morning routine. Yeah, It's a ritual. right? And just a minute, two minutes, a breath, mm-hmm. a thankful thought, mm-hmm. bringing this simple kind of thing into your life and practicing it. Mm-hmm. Repetitions. Yeah. What did uh, Tony Robbins said something like practice repetition is the, uh, the mother of skill. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like a lot of the things that I'm doing now are things that I judge so heavily like i think about like saying grace when i was younger i used to like resent the structure of like saying grace and now every meal starts with a prayer myself whether i'm alone or with a group of people or with my partner we hold hands say a prayer give gratitude and it's like what you're saying like i I think we got it right in so many ways like over time we got it really right and then i don't know if it's intentionally manipulated but like yeah, it's hard to say it's intentional or malicious, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe similar experience for you. But like for me, my family made me go to church, but didn't really believe in believe it. it. Yeah. And I imagine for a lot of people that said grace at dinner, mm-hmm. there was no emission of the actual feeling no. of gratitude. No. And that's why like it was so confusing. Repetitive. Or, or dogmatic. It was because it wasn't actually giving grace mm-hmm. or thanks because mm-hmm. the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the thought of it, mm-hmm. you know, the or thought the can words. help generate the feeling, mm-hmm. but we want to feel that abundance. We want to feel the gratitude for it instead of that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, and then it's just a monotonous routine yeah. that, that loses its ritual, that loses its right. sacred intention. Yeah. Even like the songs, I like go back and I'll listen to the songs. Like I'll occasionally go to mass, like with church with my parents or something. And I really tune into the songs. And I drop into my heart and like I'm singing them. And my experience is, it's divine. And I get it so much more now. Like I get religion so much more when I can view it from my heart space and not from like my cognitive mind. And same thing. I mean, we, I just about listen to exclusively like medicine music and just sacred hymns and chants. And that's what I listen to at home. And it only has, I want to say like, um, power is not the right word I'm looking for, but when I'm I don't know, like in tune with the energy of it, it feels like it has power. Like I feel my energy shift. I can like cultivate the energy of the music. But if I were just like playing it in the background and like didn't really didn't care about it, didn't had no connection to it, it would just be sounds. And that's the way I think about like my life as well is when I'm intentionally tuned in to the experiences of my life, whether it's music or prayer or a conversation or eye gazing or whatever it is, sex, if I'm intentionally tuned in to the experience, it's divine. But if I'm disconnected from it, it's just a passing of time. You know, one of the, in times where there's consecration, sublimation and transfiguration are the three main pillars. Can you explain those a little bit? Consecration is the offering. Okay. 
the offering to the divine, mm. the fruits of the experience, the fruits, the benefits, all the things that your ego probably wants yeah. to be offered to the divine will, mm-hmm. to be used in service, whatever it may be, but it's an offering. Sublimation is the, the tantric or yoga practice of moving the energy from your lower chakras to your higher, mm-hmm. moving from your root towards your third eye or towards Sahasrata, the union. And transfiguration is the process of seeing God in everything. Mm. Starting with another, mm. seeing the divine in everything to the point where you can transfigure a water bottle mm. and to see that everything you know, everything you see, everything you feel, all of this manifestation, all creation is God. Mm. You don't like the devil? Well, the devil's God. Yeah. <laughs> like, how yeah. can it exist inside God if yeah. it's not God? Yeah. And so, you know, starting to, you know, that goes back to the, you're an asshole. I'm an asshole. And, ah, shit. <laughs> you know, and just shifting slightly when we talk about tools, because I was into the medicine mm-hmm. and I see medicine as very valuable, mm-hmm. but not necessary mm-hmm. all the time. And I believe that the more you can do without medicine, the stronger the experience or the more equipped you are to handle and navigate mm-hmm. the actual medicine. Mm-hmm. And so as we start looking at these older practices, there's so many ways into these states, mm-hmm. into these altered consciousness states, into these transcendental states, drumming, mm-hmm. rattling, chanting, mm-hmm. dancing. So these singing, you know, after mm-hmm. TCS, my entire taste in music changed. And yeah. not for, don't know why, maybe I was vibrating, quote unquote, at a different mm-hmm. frequency. But Kirtan, mm-hmm. like Hare Krishna, and these things like started just appearing. I like uh, uh, Krishna Das, his mm-hmm. music. And it was like, just... If you can just sit and chant or sit and go into it, like for chant deeply into hallelujah Mm -hmm. for 10 minutes, like with a group of people Mm -hmm. and your eyes closed, like watch where you go, watch how you feel, Mm -hmm. observe. It's a deep, deep tool, drumming, rattling, dancing, singing, chanting. Mm -hmm. These are all ways for us to transcend Mm -hmm. medicine too. Medicine's like the helicopter to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And these other ones are a little more on the ground, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone's suited to fly mm-hmm. so high, so fast. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, it's good to take a flight. And you can look, you can see all of it, but then you must continue being able to get there on your feet, mm-hmm. get there rooted mm-hmm. in this earth. You know, in the idea that your soul didn't come to earth to run back to spirit. Mm-hmm. Your soul came to embody as much of it as possible. Yeah. in the body on the earth mm-hmm. and to maintain this connection between the roots between Pachamama yeah. and Father Sky mm-hmm. and keep, keep that channel open yeah. and set your ego set yourself aside and open that channel for the will of the divine to come through you and to let it do its magic its mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. know that it's not my magic or your magic it's not ours mm-hmm. it's theirs and to keep offering it keep offering it to mm-hmm. them and to, that's to me I learned it from Paul Cech at one of his workshops, but it's the, it's like the consecration of the white sage. And it's a consecration and offering to the divine to be of the highest and greatest service to the highest and greatest number. Mm. It's the purpose of the white sage. Mm. And it's not, it's never you. Yeah. You are all. Mm -hmm. And all is you without going too deeply on you. And the definition of that. Yeah. You know, we can get into wordplay and that's a whole nother right. episode. And, <laughs> but, but the words are really shaping our reality. They How are. we feel about a word subconsciously 
what we've been culturally conditioned to do or to think what it is, like our concept, our feeling about that word Mm -hmm. really shapes our reality and our relationship to it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why as you're doing the emotional work to bring in the language component Mm -hmm. and to understand what this word means to you, Mm -hmm. you know, work may be a positive thing to a lot of people. For me, it was a have to, Mm -hmm. it was a, it was a pressure. And so that's why I shifted my relationship and I changed, I chose a different word. Mm -hmm. I rarely ever use the word hard Mm -hmm. because like wood is hard. (laughs) I don't expect it to get soft or change. And so when things in life are hard, I imagine that's a very fixed, like they're going to stay hard. You're making it hard. So I, I played the game. Well, now it's a challenge, Mm -hmm. challenge Mm because challenge is like a game. I can beat the level. Yeah. (laughs) And so subconsciously, as I practice changing my language, my word around it, mm-hmm. watch what happens in the reality. Yeah, People want it to change first and then go, oh, that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you have to view it that way first. Uh, the, to believe you can do something is the first step, right? With right. Those old tales. Yeah. Those old sayings of grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's, they're so true. Yeah. And we've been taught that from a little kid and it's so easy silly like how we've forgotten mm-hmm. if you don't believe you can do it then you can't yeah simple as that mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. the belief the words behind that belief creating the symbol of it what it means mm-hmm. focus your awareness your attention completely on that right it's always my favorite i think i learned from mike i'm not sure mm-hmm. the pink elephant yeah yeah don't, right. don't not, think yeah. don't oh not, yeah. <laughs> don't think of the pink elephant well you just did yeah. So to show you that your awareness doesn't focus on the do or don't. Yeah. It focuses on the object. The object, yeah. And so to, you know, many people that listen to this, they might realize how often they're focusing on the object of what they, what don't, they don't want. want yeah. The opposite. Mm-hmm. And it's a game. Mm. Oh shit. Thought about that again. Okay. <laughs> What's the opposite? And just fixate on it. Yeah. And that's the practice of Tantra of yoga is to control the mind completely. And control might not be the best word, direct, yeah. to guide, yeah. guide it, right? Mm-hmm. It's always flowing. Yeah, to, it's always flowing. So guiding it to where you'd like it to be. I think of it like a flashlight. It's like yes. you just point the flashlight at the thing you want to f- see right. or focus on. And in talking, yeah. it's, you know, granted, this is a practice. Mm. It's e- like it's not easy mm. or it is. It's your belief about it, right? Some people, I can't focus. Like if I have you stare at a dot on the wall and do a tatrika practice and it's five minutes, stare, don't blink. You blink a couple times. I know you're going to blink a couple times, yeah. especially in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. <laughs> when you're done, are you going to pay attention to the fact that you focused for 44 sec, four minutes and 44 seconds and you lost focus for 16 seconds of the five minutes? Or are you going to focus on the fact that you lost focus? Yeah. Right. right. It's like, what, yeah. Are you putting your attention towards the positive data? Pos- yeah. Mm-hmm. That you can focus really freaking well. Yeah. Four minutes, 44 seconds out of five minutes. Great job. Yeah. Or, fuck, I'm not good enough. Mm. I broke. Mm-hmm. My eyes blinked. Like, mm-hmm. and many people are at that stage. Yeah. Because we've been taught that. That's the culture. Right. That's our parents' fears. That's safety. That's right. the root chakra. Right. It's very survival. Mm hmm. And uh, it takes a lot of practice to transcend. Yeah. But that's, that, that is the practice of Tantra and yoga that I had learned is this ability to guide it directly to where you'd like. Yeah. And that's why these great masters 
they didn't practice positions or poses because they were already guiding. Mm. You know, there's a video of Yogananda telling people they don't know how to sleep. <laughs> and so then he lays down, throws his eyes up into it. He throws down and shows you, I'm going to show you how to sleep. Throws his eyes up into the back of his head and lays still there in that for seven days. <laughs> there's a lot going on in this world that's, you know, beyond what people believe is possible. Yes. And like the four minute mile. Yeah. You couldn't do it because no one thought it was possible once someone did it, which that person believed they could do it. Yeah. So they did. Well, then it kept getting broken over and over again. Why? Because they had that data. Right. It, it can be done. Mm-hmm. But so why not you? Yeah. Why don't you believe that? Mm-hmm. Why does someone else have to do it for it? Why, why mm-hmm. is it outside of you? Mm-hmm. Why are you looking outside the mirror? Yeah. It's like that, that what's that like what's possible game is so much fun. It's like this simultaneous like expansion and contraction. Like when I play these like, almost like mind simulations of like going, expanding into the greatest, grandest vision and dream and then noticing what is the thought that contracts me back down. It's like, okay, so like I can get to the point where I can view this and it's possible. And then what's the thing that brings me back? And like, that's the thing that I am, am like working on. Like what's the belief that I, brings me back? I call that the belief gap. Mm-hmm. I learned from a coach mm-hmm. and we can have these wilds yeah. <laughs> like anything's possible, mm-hmm. especially with money. And like, I want to make 5k month and 10 mm-hmm. to go from 10 to a hundred is possible mm-hmm. in a month. But for most it's uh it, there's too much gap in the, they have to take increments mm-hmm. because when it changes that much, the beliefs, the shadow, like how did that happen? So like start, I don't deserve starting that. to yeah, starting to look like when you have this great vision and you see where you're at, and as you're making steps toward it, seeing where the gap like as you're making these gaps, these leaps, when you bump up against these beliefs. Mm-hmm. I believe I can provide 10k worth of value a month. Mm-hmm. I believe I can do 20. Mm-hmm. Well, 50s are yeah. uh, it's mm-hmm. a little far. And then it's like, well, what do you think about someone that makes 50k a month? Mm-hmm. What do you think if you made 50K a month? What are you worried about? Mm-hmm. What would happen? Would you become greedy? Are you actually more greedy when you have more money? Is that even a true mm-hmm. story? Mm-hmm. Or are you actually more generous? Mm-hmm. You know, like how often are we subconsciously, money's everywhere, energy's everywhere. Yeah. So it's you not letting it in. Mm-hmm. So if, why aren't you letting this 50K in a month? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm greedy or this. It's like, where's the data to prove that? As you gain more money, is that what you used it for? Mm-hmm. Like greed yourself or did you actually become more generous? Mm. You buy your friends food, you have more people over, you use it to facilitate yeah. your life, expansion and love and mm-hmm. the positive things that you are looking for mm-hmm. or you're experiencing. And so we look at the belief, the gaps in the belief, mm-hmm. you know, because some, somewhere deep down there's a belief that's blocking that. Mm-hmm. And to project yourself into other, what do I think of others that make 50K? Ah, they drive this car, they're a douchebag, douche you know? Is that actually true? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that guy is a philanthropist. Mm-hmm. Or he's like investing in all these other people and these startups that are doing really great things. Mm-hmm. And he's putting it into like spiritual companies and companies with consciousness and soul. Mm-hmm. So can I focus on that data? Why wouldn't I be able to like an electrical circuit. Why can't I create that, you know, hold that much electricity moving through me, that much energy for voltage running through my system, right? Like building the nervous system, building the, the cables, the wires that are running the electricity. 
where they can carry more and more power because energy is just money's just energy it's power mm -hmm. so yeah why why can't i mm -hmm. and then the beliefs around that yeah and you can we can dissect Unpacking, beliefs and yeah. play that game so much mm -hmm. and then again play the game of observing the data mm -hmm. that works for you yeah that greed has caused my demise before i've seen it mm -hmm. right you know my story mm -hmm. and at the same time i see that as i've received more it's not true mm -hmm. i'm yeah. more willing i'm yeah. more willing to share i'm more open mm. i feel yeah it's the difference of if it's coming from a place of safety or a place of like if i'm secure yeah then then it flows yeah if it's I'm needing more to come in or want that just to feel safe. Right. And yeah, good luck. It's like the giving from the overflow versus like, I need more to fill myself up and exactly. I'm not full. Exactly. So I got to keep taking from others. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. We are going to wrap this up. You and I could go for days yeah. easily. Yeah. We have, <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually this podcast, little side note, this came after I had three sauna sessions in a row. There was a time when I was doing daily sauna for a protocol and three days in a row, I was in the sauna for like an hour and had like some of the most like beautiful, like connecting conversations with strangers and almost ex like after every one, they or I would say the same thing, man, we should have been recording this. And that was the genesis of this podcast. It was like, the conversations that we had this morning just over coffee and the ones that we're having right now, the ones that we have over the Catan board. I don't know if that's an accurate statement. Yeah. What I was going to get at is like, I don't <laughs> really know. Catan again. No, no. I, I, I was, yeah, good talk. I was like, in a lot of ways, I don't really know the outcome of like these conversations. Like that's why like when I go into them, I have, I have intention and then allowing them to unfold and then allowing them to be delivered into the world in whatever the way the world wants to receive them. And for me, that's just honoring, like you talked about earlier, this in itself felt like divine will working through me. It's like, hey, look, we give you access to like all this great knowledge, wisdom, information, experience, and reflection. And I think in some way, like just tuning into these conversations can be helpful for people. And just letting go of the attachment of how that happens and when that happens. And for now, I'm just a, a guy with a mixer and a couple of headphones and uh, recording conversations. So. And I'm a guy that will talk all day and dive deep <laughs> on the beliefs, the spirit, yeah. all of these things. Otherwise, I'm going to be pretty quiet. Yeah. You're not going to catch me talking about the weather or very simple things. Mm -hmm. So, But we open up a forum like this, a platform, and yeah. we could riff hours and yeah. just speculate ideas yep mm -hmm. and explore possibilities and mm -hmm. yeah dive into the beliefs so mm -hmm. much fun this so is much fun. this is what i have fun doing this uh invigorates me mm. me too and if i didn't have a hard time constraint we would keep going <laughs> <laughs> so for the sake of the listeners and uh, this episode and my next call um, we're going to wrap this up nico thank you so much for thank being you. on today and i'm glad we made time for this yeah appreciate you brother love you chris Love you, Nico. Christopher. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this vulnerable conversation with our guest. And if you enjoy this show, please leave us a review, share it with a friend, and let me know if this has impacted your life in any way. 
You can message me directly on Instagram at Chris Marhefka. And also, if you want to support this show, the show is fully funded by my company, Training Camp for the Soul. Go over and check out trainingcampforthesoul.com where you can find out about our online programs, in-person retreats, and lots of free offerings where we're helping people to transform their lives radically and permanently. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you so much for making this dream a reality.